0: It's a new day Hear His word, and pray the sunrise morning show. And to start your day.
1: it is Wednesday the 27th of September the feast of Saint Vincent de Paul let's begin together in prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit Lord hear the cry of the poor. For those who follow in St. Vincent's footsteps in caring for the poor, may God repay their good deeds. For those who, see, who use their goods and gifts wisely in service of their neighbors, may God store up for them treasure in heaven. For those who are destitute, hungry, and homeless, may God send compassionate and creative men and women to assist them. God of mercy, you sent your only begotten Son to preach the gospel to the poor. Continue to inspire your people with a love for all in need. Bless the work of those who serve those in want, and grant relief to those who suffer from lack of food, shelter, or clothing. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Vincent de Paul, pray for us. It is the Sunrise Morning Show. We are glad that you are Spending a little time with us this morning here on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Matt Swaim. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Ackman at the controls. And up this hour, Amy Wellborn will have more to say about today's great saint, St. Vincent. Uh, Father Rob Jack uh, has been going through uh, Catholic vocabulary everyone should know. Today we're going to talk about spiritual warfare, which I feel like has come up a lot in a lot of conversations over the past couple years, but I don't know that everybody knows what they mean by that. I think sometimes people just mean demons. Uh, But there's kind of more to that concept of spiritual warfare from a Catholic perspective. Gary Zimak is going to be along, checking out more verses that can help us get sort of a boost of confidence and courage and strength. It's kind of our midweek Bible boost with Gary Zimak. And then Monsignor Charles Pope will talk about the virtue of patience later this hour. So stay with us if you can. Right now it is two minutes past the hour. Here's Anna Mitchell with news.
2: Good morning. A short-term funding bill is advancing in the Senate to avoid a government shutdown. The bipartisan bill will keep federal money flowing until mid-November to give Congress more time for a long-term package. The bill includes more than $4 billion in aid to Ukraine and roughly $6 billion in emergency FEMA funding for disaster relief. It's unclear if the Republican-led House will approve the deal. A deal to fund the government must be passed by the end of the week to avoid a shutdown. Pope Francis has sent his prayers and condolences to those affected by a tragic fire in southeastern Benin. From Vatican Radio, Linda Bordoni has more. I don't think you can hear my sound. On to that story. Vatican News reports at least 35 people have been killed. A telegram from the Holy See said he is praying for the repose of the deceased, entrusting them to God's mercy and for the recovery of the injured. An imprisoned Nicaraguan bishop has been nominated for a European Parliament Human Rights Award. The Catholic News Agency reports Bishop Rolando Alvarez of Matagalpa has been nominated alongside an a Nicaraguan human rights activist, Bishop Alvarez, an outspoken critic of the Ortega regime, has been in prison in the country, falsely accused by the regime of being a, quote, traitor to the homeland. United Auto Workers President Sean Fain says the union is not letting up on its demands amid an ongoing strike. He spoke to MSNBC yesterday, the same day that President Biden stood alongside members on the picket line in Michigan. Fain noted that he is thankful for Biden's support, but that the real focus remains the workers. Former President Donald Trump will visit Michigan tomorrow to show his support for union members as well. UAW members say they welcome the support, but stress that neither Biden nor Trump will be at the bargaining table. Meanwhile, the Hollywood writers' strike is over. The Writers Guild of America says the 148-day strike ended at midnight after the union agreed to a new three-year deal with the major Hollywood studios. The deal will increase minimum pay for writers, raise contributions to health care and pensions, and give bonuses for residuals based on streaming views. The deal also guarantees that AI-generated content will not be considered source material. And NASA scientists say they found what appears to be asteroid dust in a space capsule that landed in the utah desert the osiris rex space probe was sent to the asteroid Bennu in 2016 to collect samples and completed its mission sunday when a capsule containing the sample parachuted onto a test range west of salt lake city nasa scientists yesterday said they found black dust and debris when they opened the canister inside the capsule.
1: Well, that is uh, as interesting. I feel like there's some X-Files episodes that You think so. that go that way. So uh I will say we'll say this about that asteroid and the dinosaurs. Yeah. Killed a lot of birds with one stone. Nate man. Where's Annie?
2: I'm I'm here.
1: I think our video feed is up to working very closely to soon, so you will be able to see (laughs) that Anna Mitchell is trying very hard in these moments.
2: Trying very hard. All these people
1: who think that you're just being mean and completely ignoring me will see like you.
2: (laughs) I'm going to be totally, totally exposed. It's not not fair. It's okay. It's all right. I guess people will think I'm nice after this.
1: They might think yeah actually Maybe you know they you think You'll...
2: I'm nice. Maybe this the is... video
1: stream will give you a kinder, gentler <laughs> Anna Mitchell. It is 6 minutes past the hour. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Amy Wellborn. You can find her blog Charlotte was both linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. She's written a lot about the Saints. Amy, good morning.
3: Good morning, Matt. Thanks for having me.
1: So I know you're uh, prepping for some discussion of St. Vincent de Paul, and you've been digging into the the correspondence and the relationship between St. Vincent de Paul and uh, a saint we might not know as well, St. Louise de Marriott. Uh I wonder what got you thinking about their relationship and holy relationships and how they kind of spurred each other on.
3: Well, I was it was uh, a local chapter of the Ladies of Charity uh, asked me to give a talk, and the angle that I took for my talk was to look at the whole issue of small things and small actions versus big things and big actions, because, of course, St. Vincent and St. Louise lived in a time of, of with great problems, as human beings always do, and felt called to address those great problems of dire poverty in 17th century France, of injustice, poverty, orphans, lack of education, all of those kind of things. Big, big, big problems. And their postulate produced big things, right? I mean, still, you know, 400 years later the, you know, all of their, you know, the, we see the Vincentian way lived out all around the world in religious and laity, you know, St. Vincent de Balls thrift stores, in religious life, uh, and all kinds of things. But as St. Vincent and St. Louis both emphasized, it starts with small things, and it starts with attention to the present moment. It starts with looking at and dealing with the problems right in front of you, even in a small, hidden way. Um, they were had different personalities. Uh, they had different backgrounds. St. Vincent came from a relatively poor background, uh, and St. Louise came from a re- relatively privileged background, even though she had a difficult childhood, uh, did not know who her mother was. was, born out of wedlock, and so on. But, uh, and St. Louise had a very kind of managerial uh, personality. She was a take-charge person. She was very gifted in that way, and so St. Vincent, as her partner in the Apostolate and also as her spiritual director, had to you know, kind of help her learn how to use her gifts, right? That's what we're all about, how to use her gifts in a way that served others the best and also did not exhaust her, (laughs) right? So you want to pour yourself out for Christ, but you want to do it in a way so that you can do it tomorrow, too, right, and the next day. And so she came to emphasize in her own ministry and her apostle, and her thinking, the hidden life of Christ, that, you know, the small things we do, the things that people don't know about are part of Serving Christ and part of, of serving God are uh, important part of it, and then, but at the same time, she had this very kind of enthusiastic, energetic managerial personality, and so Saint Vincent had to, at times, write to her and tell her to calm down and for the sake of the ministry. So one of my favorite things that he wrote to her that I exerted in a recent blog post was this: He said, "Blessed be God that you have arrived in good health." Oh, take great care to preserve it for the love of God and his poor members, and be careful not to do too much. It is a ruse of the devil by which he deceives good people to induce them to do more than they are able, so that they end up not being able to do anything. The Spirit of God urges one gently to do the good that can be done reasonably, so that it may be done perseveringly and for a long time. Act therefore in this way, mademoiselle, and you will be acting according to the Spirit of God. So perseveringly and for a long time. Um, And, you know, the way that we do that, one of the ways that we do that is that we're attentive to the present moment. We're attentive to uh, dealing with things right in front of us rather than... Always just looking at the big things, and you know his the, the Vincentian the history of the Vincentian movement at the, in the early uh, stages shows this. I mean, because St. Vincent, in his as he started his apostolate, was helped a great deal by the wealthy by wealthy women who funded the beginnings of his religious order and the apostolate to the poor. But as he learned quickly, that wasn't enough. So you need, that he needed someone, again, with uh, St. Louis gifts to deal with the everyday issues that came up. So it's like, it, kind of when I looked at the Vincentian way, I saw a microcosm of all of our apostolates and our, all of our efforts to serve God. That is, you know, we have to understand our own gifts. We have to use them in a balanced, measured way so that the, for the good of all, for the you know, glory of God and for the good of those we serve, and that we have to um, be willing to you know, serve in quiet ways, to start in quiet ways. So it, you know, the way I, I put it is that you, know, you need the funding for the soup kitchen. You need the people to manage and to organize the f- soup kitchen. You need the people to interact with the community to enhance the soup kitchen's uh ability to serve. You need the buyers, you need the managers you need the people to get donations, but at the end, it's nothing unless you have somebody to serve the soup right so <laughs> you know that's and that's kind of where we end up and where's where we start where we end up every day in our own lives in trying to serve God is yeah, you know we all got our gifts, big things have to happen. It all ends up with how did you meet the person in need, whether that be a person in your house, person on the street, person in your apostolate. How did you meet them in that present moment?
1: Well, I have about 500 million thoughts on this because (laughs) I've been in apostolate work for like closing in on 20 years. And there are just so many things that resonate with me about this. Uh, I've been kind of developing this thesis about how, you know, the devil will use the thing that got you into ministry to drag you down. Yeah. (laughs) So... Um, the devil hates people who work for the church. I don't know if people are aware of this. Uh, but right. if you're generous with your time, he will leverage your inability to say no against you until you right. have no time or energy for prayer or leisure and you drown in your commitments and you flame out. Uh, and then if you try and pick your battles, he will haunt you with doubts from yourself and doubts from others that you're being cowardly and failing to address certain major issues, this sort of fear of right. like, oh, no, something big happened in the church, and I have a duty to kind of have a perspective and a statement about it. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's the other one, which is if you desire to be a witness for Christ, uh, he'll make you ashamed of admitting any doubts because you don't want to seem like an inadequate witness, right? And so then you right. don't get help when you're struggling, <laughs> right? right? I mean, there's all these right. ways that that are that are you know kind of facets of this, but I would love for people to read St. Vincent's, own words. Uh, yeah. Where would they find these?
3: Well, I mean, there are many collections of both of their words, their letters, their conferences. Saint Vincent did weekly conferences with his priests. I would say also maybe just to begin with, you know, either the you know the Vincentian organizations or DePaul University. Need your help. Hello, I'm Marianne Kowarski, Director of Pro Life Across America. In my 30 plus years, I've never seen such a concerted attempt to silence our efforts and at a time when it's most needed. There's a powerful effort to prevent and block our pro life messages. Our billboards, social media, and digital ads are all impacted. Unplanned pregnancies still happen. Our ads feature a hotline number connecting callers with more than 3,000 pregnancy support centers across America, offering alternatives to abortion. Free ultrasound and pregnancy help. Babies' lives are being saved. The need still exists, it really does. And Pro Life Across America needs your help. To donate, please find us at prolifeacrossamerica.org.
4: Did you know I could suck my thumb before I was born? Yep, we all started small.
1: Kids got new supplies for back to school, so what do the parents get? Well, we suggest treating yourself to some good coffee, and the Mystic Monks of Wyoming have a number of blends to choose from.
2: And when you link to the Mystic Monk Coffee site through our site, sonrisemorningshow.com we earn a commission on whatever you buy.
1: You can also treat yourself to a Sunrise Morning Show mug or travel mug and a water bottle for your kid in our online store. Check
2: out our store and link to Mystic Monk Coffee at SunriseMorningShow.com.
5: This is Conversations with Consequences, where we delve deeper into issues affecting our church,
6: our country, and our core, the family. As Catholics, we need to be informed, aware, and able to talk through some of the tough topics that we're facing in our culture and in our world. Conversations with Consequences gives us the tools to do so. It's not enough to pray.
7: We have to be a light for the world.
8: Conversations with Consequences, this Saturday at 5 p.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio.
1: 17 minutes past the hour. Here's Anna with headlines.
2: A short-term funding bill is advancing in the Senate in the hopes of avoiding a government shutdown. Pope Francis has sent his prayers and condolences to all affected by a recent tragic fire in southeastern Benin. And the Vatican has revealed the name of the Pope's next apostolic exhortation on the environment.
1: And it is... Are you going to spoil it here?
2: No, I'll spoil it here. Laudate Deum.
1: So, this is an interesting lesson in Latin because it is. So, the the English translation is what?
2: We praise you, Lord, I think.
1: Okay. So, actually, I think no, because laudato C. So, it's laudato versus laudate. Mm hmm. Meaning that the one is in the first person and the other would be like, you no, know I mean, it would be the first pra- person singular. I, see, this is where I need my Latin scholarship to kick back in. I don't even know why I attempted this. I learned my Latin from Protestants anyway in college. <laughs> and suddenly, the, the datives and ab- ablatives and nominatives are all running together in my head.
2: Hang on. And my first and
1: second and third declensions are just crashing into one another in my brain. There's going to be some kid out there. Oh, some... yeah.
2: If it was we, it would be Laud Laodemos. yeah. Laudate would be you. Like...
1: You understood.
2: Right?
1: Second person.
2: Second person plural.
1: Plural, I, I guess. Well, no, singular if it's God. Hold on. Why are we even trying this? Why are this we trying this? This is a problem, this? Anna this Mitchell. Is, I, I, I should have known Matt, better and just let this? that drop. I should have just means, let it drop.
2: Oh, it's, you know what it is? It is a command. It's praise God.
1: Oh, so it is you understood, right? It's second yeah. person.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It'd be second person plural, like you all praise God. Yes. Versus in Laudato Si, it's like, I praise, I you, praise o Lord. you, O I praise you, Lord. Because it ends in the O. Mm-hmm. And then the T-E at the end usually means like a command, like a you praise. Yes, that works in Spanish a little bit that way too. There are homeschool kids out there who are like tearing their hair out listening to this. Like, what is wrong?
2: What is wrong with the sunrise with morning these show? Adults. How are they missing
1: the simple the simple Latin? So generally speaking. How Anna do Mitchell, they not
2: know the imperative?
1: This is uh it's the, I think it's the present active imperative even. But you know, this is part of why the sunrise morning show is just called the sunrise morning show and not the sunrise morning show with Anna Mitchell because it's the sunrise morning show with people who are experts besides us yeah. <laughs> I know. so generally speaking I try not to talk about what I don't know about and so I should have stopped myself there because mm-hmm. Latin Latin's not my game <laughs>
0: maybe we I should, should try
1: a it. spelling contest uh, at any rate I'll be reading it so, uh, but I'll be yeah. reading it in English.
2: Yeah, we'll read it in English.
1: Just to just to make it clear that I'm not going to go over there. I can read just enough Latin to be dangerous. I mm-hmm. will leave that to the uh, to the actual Latinists among us.
2: Oh man, this has been an in interesting vino mor- veritas. Indeed.
1: An educated man. <laughs> 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 now I really hate him. Is there any more tombstones in this segment? Any time
2: that it gives you an opportunity to quote tombstone, I'm all about it. So, this was a great segment. It's
1: 21 past. Waking up with Mystic Monk coffee is definitely a better way to start your day. Not only are you getting a great cup of coffee, but your purchase helps support the life of the Carmelite monks of Wyoming.
2: And your purchase can also help our work. All you need to do is go first to sonricemorningshow.com. When you click the Mystic Monk link on the side of the page, we earn a commission.
1: Support the monks and support the Sunrise Morning Show. Click the Mystic Monk link at sunrisemorningshow.com.
2: That's S-O-N, risemorningshow.com.
1: You start your day a better way by listening to the Sunrise Morning Show. Soon, you'll be able to watch as well.
2: That's right. Starting September 25th, you'll be able to watch the Sunrise video stream on social media and at sunrisemorningshow.com.
1: You'll also be able to see the faces of the regular Sunrise Morning Show family. Plus, you'll get to see what my hair looks like first thing in the morning.
2: And whether I ever crack a smile at Matt's terrible jokes.
1: Spoiler alert, she does. Sunrise goes to video, September
2: 25th. Tune in at sunrisemorningshow.com.
9: This is Father Rob Jack with a Marian thought. One of the many titles given to Mary is Gate of Heaven. This image applies to Mary in two ways. In God's divine plan, He chose a lowly maiden from Nazareth to be the portal through which the Son of God comes into the world. At the same time, Mary is the gateway that leads to life with her Son. It is true that there are many ways to Christ, but as Catholics we believe the surest way is through Mary. She is not only the gate, but the gatekeeper. She intercedes for us to her Son, that we may enter heavenly life with Him. Bishop Sheen understood this image well when he wrote that when he died, the words he hoped to hear from Jesus were these, My mother has spoken well of you. As we approach the Lord, let us ask Mary to speak well of us so that with her help we may share in God's glory. Mary, gate of heaven, pray for us.
2: It's 23 minutes past the hour. You're listening to the Sunrise Morning Show on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Happy to have you along with us on this feast of St. Vincent de Paul pray for us. Father Rob Jack joining us now on the Sunrise Morning Show. He is host of Driving Home the Faith on Sacred Heart Radio here in Cincinnati. Father, good morning. Morning, Anna. So we're continuing our How to Speak Catholic series, and today we're going to talk about spiritual warfare. Now, for some, every little hurdle in life is a matter of spiritual warfare, but I'm not sure if that's exactly what the church means by it. Can you enlighten no,
10: us? Well, some of the things are just due to our own foolishness. We we tend to do some foolish things from time to time. But the, the key is, is, where does this come from? And we know there's a scriptural basis from it. When the Lord promised to send us a Messiah in, uh, in Genesis 3.15, we also hear that enmity will be put between the woman and the serpent, the one who first tempted us. And it said then that the... Uh, Uh, we will strike at the serpent's head while the serpent will strike at our heel. And that's the battle that we're in right now. Our souls and our bodies are both important, and we spend a lot of time in our world dealing with our bodies, the the sicknesses, the uh, mortality that we face, because we want to stay healthy. But we often forget that that our souls are also in play by uh, the devil, and, and by the Lord, where we are asked to choose. And in the process of this, warfare is engaged to the devil We're valuable in the sense that by taking us away from God, the devil sees as inflicting suffering on God, because, of course, God wants us to be with Him. On the other hand, God gives us many, many gifts to be able to fight back if we use them, and if we acknowledge that we are truly in a battle. I don't know of too many people though that use the word spiritual warfare today.
2: Well, I know a lot of, you know, super devout Catholics that invoke spiritual warfare all the time. What are the what are the tools that that you were just mentioning? Can you can you tell us more about that?
10: Well the tools against it's it's like this, you know, when we get when we get physically sick, our our immune we need a good immune system. So that, uh, when we antibodies come into our body and you know, like bugs and viruses and things, our immune system is such that it can fight them all. Well, we need an equal immune system for our soul, and our soul needs to be with these antibodies. Now, some would give an, an analogy, and you know, most analogies, uh, kind of, uh, limp, but they would like, for instance, when we were baptized and with the gift of faith, and then consecrated through the water and the Holy Spirit and anointed with the oil, we were, in a sense, given the type of, back, lack of a better word, a vaccination against evil, because now we, we don't just fight evil on our own. We have been given God's help. And in that battle, we recognize we, it's, it's important for us to stay in a right relationship with God. And we do that, of course, through prayer. Through uh, grow, growing deeper with God in our faith and our knowledge, and through charitable deeds and living a virtuous life. Those are real battles. And with that, as, as well as being able to find a balance between our bodies and our souls. Oftentimes, if, when the body's leading the way, we tend to be very much sensual and very much focused on stuff of, of very quick, how would you say, uh, quick pleasures. And we, and we tend to move away from any type of suffering. But the long-term struggle helps us recognize we're mortal beings, and we're going to go through suffering. And so what we need is we need good spiritual training. And that spiritual training teaches us how to practice penance and self-denial, and more importantly, to what I call the, the preemptive science. You know, it's like anything else. If When we get to um, this time of year, they say, well, you should take vitamins or you should uh, kind of continue to strengthen up uh, your your physical antibodies so that when disease comes or these things come at us, we can fight back. Now, of course, the devil is not like a disease, and it's, it's much more a personal attack on us. And a lot of times what the devil does is he has two extremes that one of us falls into. The first is simply that we don't need God. God doesn't exist. He's not. So I am God, okay? And that puts us at quite a disadvantage. On the other hand, it's just the opposite. I am nothing, and the devil tells me I'm nothing. Why would God want to love someone who's a nothing? And so that affects our own spiritual disposition, our own psychology in a way that we feel worthless, we feel there's no hope, and when we do that, we tend to go towards transitory goods, meaning goods that aren't good in themselves, but may bring pleasure, but will ultimately bring despair. And we see how this warfare is working right now in terms of the number of people who are fighting serious despair and depression because they have lost all hope, or they don't know about the love of God.
2: Well, Father, the way that you're describing it, it makes so much more sense when you say that you don't hear many people talking about spiritual warfare. The people who I hear talking about spiritual warfare lead me to ask this question. When is it appropriate to invoke St. Michael? Should we be bothering him when the car doesn't start when, so I can't get to church?
10: Well, it doesn't hurt. I do it. <laughs> I mean, I, I thank God when the weather is good. I I always am talking to the Lord every day in my car, but I drive by myself, so no one thinks I'm talking to anybody. (laughs) But to carry on a positive conversation with God every day, one of the things is the preemptive strike. If you see some trouble coming in the course of the day, you pray to overcome it in advance.
2: Yeah, beautifully put. We've been talking to Father Rob Jack. If you'd like to listen to him on Driving Home the Faith, weekday afternoons. You can go to sacredheartradio.com and listen to the live stream there or download our app, which is also how you can listen to the Sunrise Morning Show every day on your smartphone. Father, thank you so much.
10: You have a good day, Anna.
2: You too, Father. Thank you. Half past the hour now on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's time for news. The Senate has voted to advance a short-term funding bill to avoid a government shutdown. The bipartisan measure released yesterday would keep money flowing until mid-November to give Congress more time for a long-term package. A deal to fund the government must be passed by the end of the week. It is unclear at the moment whether the Republican-led House will approve it. The Holy See has released the name of the Pope's next apostolic exhortation on the environment. From Vatican Radio, Deborah Castellano Lubov reports.
7: Laudate
6: Deum, this will next application.
2: We're going to try this. No, my audio just is not working. It's called Laudate Deum and it was promised just a few weeks ago to be an update to his environmental encyclical, Laudato C. Si. Pope Francis has sent his prayers and condolences to all affected by a tragic fire in south, southeastern Benin. Vatican News reports that at least 35 people have been killed in that fire. A telegram from the Holy See said the Holy Father is praying for the repose of the deceased, entrusting them to God's mercy, and for the recovery of the injured. An imprisoned Nicaraguan bishop has been nominated for a European Parliament Human Rights Award. The Catholic News Agency reports Bishop Rolando Alvarez has been nominated alongside a Nicaraguan human rights activist. Bishop Alvarez, the bishop of Matagalpa, and an outspoken critic of the Ortega regime, has been in prison, falsely accused by Daniel Ortega, of being a, quote, traitor to the homeland. The Mexican government has begun negotiating with countries in Central and South America to try to stop people from reaching the U.S. border. They will start taking into custody those that are expelled at the international bridge connecting El Paso and Juarez. The Mexican government is also vowing to work with the nation's biggest railroad to deter people from hopping on trains. The Writers Guild of America strike is over. Mark Mayfield has the story.
8: After 148 days, the board of the WGA West and the Council of the WGA East voted unanimously to lift the strike, effective at 12.01 Pacific Time Wednesday. The decision came just days after the writers and film studios successfully finished conversations for a new three-year contract. The agreement will increase minimums, raise contributions to health care and pensions, and give bonuses for residuals based on streaming views. AI-generated content, a big issue when the strike started, will not be considered source material. I'm Mark Mayfield.
2: United Auto Workers President Sean Fain says the union is not letting up on its demands amid their ongoing strike. He spoke to MSNBC yesterday, the same day that President Biden stood alongside members on the picket line in Michigan. Fain noted that he is thankful for Biden's support, but that the real focus remains on the workers. He said that the reason for the strike against the big three automakers stems from, quote, corporate greed. Former President Donald Trump will visit Michigan tomorrow to show his support For union members as well, UAW members say they welcome the support but stress that neither Trump nor Biden will be at the bargaining table. Republican presidential candidates are set to face off on the debate stage in California. Seven hopefuls will participate in the second GOP debate, including Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, former Vice President Mike Pence, And former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, the event hosted by Fox News will once again be without former President Trump, the party's frontrunner, who will instead be meeting with striking UAW workers in Michigan. Former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson, who did take part in the first debate in Milwaukee last month, did not make the cut. South Carolina Senator Tim Scott and former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley and entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy will also be at the debate. It's 35 minutes. Past.
1: You start your day a better way by listening to the Sunrise Morning Show. Soon you'll be able to watch as well.
2: That's right. Starting September 25th, you'll be able to watch the Sunrise video stream on social media and at sunrisemorningshow.com.
1: You'll also be able to see the faces of the regular Sunrise Morning Show family. Plus, you'll get to see what my hair looks like first thing in the morning.
2: And whether I ever crack a smile at Matt's terrible jokes.
1: Spoiler alert, she does. Sunrise goes to video, September
2: 25th. Tune in at sunrisemorningshow.com. This
5: past year has been a crazy roller coaster ride, but you have the power to get your business back on track by underwriting the Sunrise Morning Show. Weekday mornings, your message will reach millions of engaged Catholic listeners across the U.S. and around the globe who want to know more about and support Catholic businesses and organizations. To get national exposure for your business, ministry, or nonprofit on the Sunrise Morning Show, Morning show, email me Leah at sacredheartradio.com. That's Leah at SacredHeartRadio.com.
0: This is every day with St. Francis de Sales. It is a difficult thing to have an exact idea of one's goal. But it is likewise true that all of us must perfectly pinpoint the virtue we are aiming to acquire. However, if we cannot do this, We must not lose courage or get upset. We must get as close to the goal as possible, because even the saints did not succeed in doing any more than that. Only our Lord and the Virgin Most Holy fully succeeded. Never believe the praises of people. At the very best, what they say is flattery, even if they do not recognize it as such, for Sacred Heart Radio, I am Father Chris Armstrong. The Sunrise Morning Show continues.
1: I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Gary Zimak from FollowingTheTruth.com. It's a great resource. Gary's books are over there, and he's got all kinds of other things where we look at all the stress and anxiety going out in the world in our own homes and in our own hearts and see what Scripture has to say about it. Gary, good morning. Hey, Matt, good morning. I, uh, I'm excited to talk to you. It's been a little while since I talked to you. Uh, I feel like this has been a weird month, and almost everybody I know is going through something like just stressful and bizarre. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Uh, these are not unique to the human experience, um, but they do sort of get up close and personal in our lives. But it turns out that this is actually a long-standing problem in humanity, and we got this whole book, the Psalms, that really kind of taps into these frustrations that we feel as just by nature of us being human beings.
11: Absolutely, and, and you know, Matt. I, I um, just the other day I was saying my prayers. I woke up, and I've got several intentions that I've been praying for for a long time. They all involve family members, and including myself. Things that I've been saying, okay, Lord. I need help with this i need help with this and the other day I, t- I just woke up and finally i said lord how long how long are you not going to answer And, and you know i know he's i know he's working behind the scenes but the actual problems still remain and I, I just got frustrated i said how long lord can you give me something can you do something or give me a breakthrough in one of these areas and you know, I, I never waste an opportunity. Anything I go through manages to end up in a book, or you and I are going to be talking about it, or I'm going to be speaking about it at a parish mission, any suffering that I go through. So what I did was just work with this a little, prayed with it, and I was led to the Book of Psalms. The Psalms are great. Any emotion, as you say, that we feel, we're going to find something that we can relate to, or a prayer that we can embrace in the Book of Psalms. Matt, I was led to Psalm 13, and I just wanted to just read the beginning of it, because I think this is so appropriate, and I know somebody is going through something today where they're saying, how long? Check this out. This is Psalm 13. It's only six verses. It begins like this, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I bear pain in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy... Be exalted over me. Two verses. We've got four how longs addressed to the Lord. You know, this psalm does resolve. There is an answer at the end of this. The this is attributed typically to David, King David, but in this psalm, by the end of this psalm, he's saying, Okay, all right, I get it. I rejoice, Lord, because you are going to come through for me. There is something that happened in the midst of this psalm, and basically what happened was after the four longs. He said, Lord, uh, after the how long, he said, Lord, can you help me? And I think that's what, that's the secret. That's what I did the other day. And and I'm in a better place. My problems still aren't answered, and I know I'm going to be asking the how long question again. But if we turn to him and ask for help, you know, you can ask the question. But I think the secret to that change that we need, that change of heart, that hope that we're looking for, is basically saying, you got to help me, Lord, in some way.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, and I say this over and over with the Psalms, um, but this gives us permission, right? There's not—it's not like we can't go to God and say how long and express frustration because the Bible does it, right? Right. I mean, exactly. This is, this is permission for us. I mean, the the thing that we don't want to do is go complain about God to somebody else, right? Or complain Her, about our yeah. situation to literally everyone but God. I, I mean, this this is sort of the model for how our relationship with God is supposed to work. If you have a relationship yeah. with anybody who's close to you, you're going to tell them how you feel. Right,
11: right, exactly. And as you said you're right, this is not complaining. When you, when you address the how long question to God, or I think the last time I was on with you, we talked about the why question, which is also addressed in the Psalms. When you ask the questions to the Lord, you're not complaining, you're praying. You know, and, and you're, you're basically you're asking him a question, very valid question. If you have a relationship with him, of course, go ahead and ask the question. However, I don't think we should get stuck with the how longs and the whys. We need to move on from there. And that's the beautiful thing about the Psalms. You always see that pivot somewhere in the middle of the Psalm where it shifts from the question, how long or why, to, Lord, I know you're real. Would you please help me? And that's where things begin to change. And what I found, Matt, is that the things that we are questioning, the the questions we're asking, the frustrations, the suffering, the externals don't always go away, but there's always a little bit of internal peace that, that comes from shifting the how long to, okay, Lord, please help me. I know you're real. I know you can do this. I know you did it in the past. Please help me now. I need you.
1: Well and i just want to put a word of encouragement out there to anyone who's having trouble getting from the how long o lord to the lord i know i have i know you can do this phase just by starting and saying how long o lord you are acknowledging a being greater than you and you are you are somehow making an act of faith A lot of people would say they don't have, like, much faith, right, when they feel like in these situations. But you do have a little. you got enough to talk to the right person about it. (laughs) I mean, that's not nothing.
11: No, that's a great point, and I'm glad you brought that up, because if you're turning to God and you're saying, how long or why are you doing this to me, you're obviously acknowledging the fact, number one, that he's real. Number two, that he can do something about your problem or when you ask the why question, you're acknowledging the fact that He knows more than you do, and He sees more. So he, that is absolutely correct. It is an act of faith. And by continuing to pray, even when we don't feel like it, and look, that's what I had to do to the, the other day. That's what I'm, I've done this morning before we got on the air. I, you know, I, I don't always feel it, but by continuing to pray and by placing my trust in the Lord, it's also an act of hope. I believe that he can somehow bring some good out of this situation, and you don't have to feel it. You know, Matt, sometimes, and I was thinking about this the other day, the facts as we perceive them, the facts of our situation, they're not always the truth, but they're just our perception of the truth. God knows the truth. So if I'm looking at the facts and I'm saying to myself, I don't think he's answering, I don't think he's doing anything, That's not necessarily true. He could absolutely be working behind the scenes on my problem. And I think sometimes we have to acknowledge that that we don't see the big picture.
1: Well, it's more than sometimes that I don't see the big picture, Gary. (laughs) Yes. I'm telling you, you know, it's funny how, um, just generally speaking, there are all kinds of things that, you know, other people can see about us from miles and miles away, but we are completely blind to about ourselves all right and and that's such a an important part of of why we pray because if you're just if the only conversations that you're having are with yourself in your own head how in the world are you supposed to get perspective
11: yeah exactly exactly and and you know I I really do believe it I'm confident anybody listening who's struggling with this if you take this question to the lord you're going to get some sort of relief you you really are you might not get your exact answer i mean he's god we're never going to completely figure him out otherwise he wouldn't be god we would so that's not going to happen but there's always some sense of peace to get or acceptance or a greater confidence uh it it sometimes is very small this is what i found and the mere fact that you're continuing to pray that's a good sign that means as you said that uh, that you still have faith you're using your faith which is exactly what the lord's looking for this is a process we're going to be working on this for a long time
1: indeed Indeed. Well, Gary Zimak, if our listeners want to catch up with you and find your numerous books where you've unpacked just scads of scripture at this point, tons and tons of scriptures that address these very questions, how do they connect with you?
11: The best place is my website, followingthetruth.com.
1: That's linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Thanks so much, Gary Zimak. Have a wonderful day. All right, buddy. Thank you so much. God bless. All right, we're back right after this. It's 14 minutes before the hour.
5: The new feature film, Mother Teresa and Me, sponsored by Fathom Events, is in theaters Thursday, October 5th. Mother Teresa and Me weaves together the stories of two women, Mother Teresa, who served the poor with love amidst her dark night of the soul, and Kavita, a young woman who is searching for love while struggling with her unexpected pregnancy. Mother Teresa and Me, in theaters Thursday, October 5th. More information at... FathomEvents.com That's FathomEvents.com
12: Central Fabricators is proud to support The Sunrise Morning Show Where you'll get news from the Catholic perspective While keeping you up to date on what's happening In the Vatican as well It's also a great way to keep in touch with the Catholic faith Throughout the week Central Fabricators, based in Cincinnati, Ohio, is a family-owned business for over 75 years, manufacturing and repairing corrosion-resistant storage tanks, reactors, and pressure vessels. On the web at centralfabricators.com. That's centralfabricators.com.
1: Waking up with Mystic Monk Coffee is definitely a better way to start your day. Not only are you getting a great cup of coffee, but your purchase helps support the life of the Carmelite Monks of Wyoming.
2: And your purchase can also help our work. All you need to do is go first to SONRisemorningshow.com. When you click the Mystic Monk link on the side of the page, we earn a commission.
1: Support the monks and support the Sunrise Morning Show. Click the Mystic Monk link at sunrisemorningshow.com.
2: That's sonrisemorningshow.com. This month's devotion is
5: to Our Lady of Sorrows. We ask Mary to pray for us so that we can unite ourselves to her in her sorrow in the hope that we will one day also share her joy in the triumph of her Son. Join in this devotion to Mary and strengthen our connection to Our Lady with rosaries, statues, bracelets, holy cards, prayer booklets, and more. Available at EWTNRC.com.
8: This is Dr. David Anders. Does the problem of evil keep you from believing in God? Join us for Called to Communion this afternoon at 2 p.m. Eastern. Now back to the Sunrise Morning Show.
2: Joining us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Monsignor Charles Pope. You can find him online at MonsignorPope.com, and he writes for the Archdiocese of Washington at blog.adw.org. Good morning, Monsignor Pope. Good morning. It's good to have you back, and we are going to be talking about the virtue of patience today. How does possession of this virtue make us more like God?
13: Well, you may have noticed that God is not in a big uh, hurry. (laughs) And that uh, you know, yeah, he, you know, he has his reasons, but but he's not doesn't seem to be in a big hurry, and he could fix everything instantly, but he doesn't, and he has his reasons. And I think I know a few of them, but most of them I don't know. Yeah, yeah.
2: this is why it's so hard, right? I mean, I was going to ask you, why am I mm-hmm. so bad at this?
13: Yeah. Well, I think first of all, um, yeah, we, we we human beings um, are. Um, Generally speaking, you know, we're, we're, we're very uh, aware of fears and dangers around us, so instant quick results to get out of danger is part of it. But I think in our modern age, there's an intensification of this problem because we do, at some level, we have created a kind of instant results society uh, in some areas. So, you know, we can um, flip a switch and on comes a light. We can uh, you know flip a switch and on comes an air conditioner or a heater um we uh we you know we, we can even order amazon and get it delivered in four hours it's just insane but yeah. it, it's um it's it's one of these kind of instant results sort of expectations that develops in us because of that and some things can be done quickly that used to require time you had to go to the well and schlep the water back but now you can just open the tap mm-hmm. but um other things just can't they take time and um Microwave dinners have their place, but to cook a really good meal takes time. God is into crockpots, not into microwaves.
2: Yeah, and isn't it funny how we sort of place that expectation on God? I mean, how impatient we can get with God himself?
13: Yeah, you know, what What made me put the article up here is, you know, there was a reading from my back hook, you know, how long, oh Lord, I cry for help you don't listen it's it's a human cry, and a lot of the psalms start out with, in Latin anyway, in the Latin reverie um, with "Usque quo Domine." You know, how much longer will <laughs> it But we do we put this expectation on God, and you know, if you look at the age of the universe, what we know at least what we think we know scientifically that it's about what I don't know twelve billion years or who knows how do they know this stuff? I don't know, but it's a lo- it's it's been here a long long time, and we've only been here for a sliver of that time. And you're like, wow, did God really spend? Like twelve billion years to get this thing ready just for us, mm-hmm. uh, and in mm-hmm. some sense, yes, yes. I mean, we're here now as a result of processes that took a long time from our perspective, but for God, there's no delay because God lives in the eternal now.
2: Yeah, and thank God too. You know, like I think about the all uh, all of the times that I'm impatient with. Um, with God for not acting on this or that request that I happen to have. But I also know, thanks um, to—we hear this so often in the responsorial psalm, I think, at Mass on Sundays, that he is slow to anger and rich Mm -hmm. in kindness. I mean, thank God that he is patient.
13: Yeah. God's patience is directed to our salvation. (laughs) If God said, okay, right away, now, um, uh, whoops, give me more time, Lord. Then all of a sudden, yeah, we don't want quickness. And uh, we are pretty fickle, aren't we? Mm-hmm.
2: I want <clears throat> to go back to his reasons. You mentioned that, that there are plenty of things that, that we don't know about why God, God doesn't seem to be in a hurry. But, but what are those known reasons? What, what do we know about why God takes his time?
13: Well, you know, you want to maybe think for a minute like a parent would have to think. You know, you, they could rush to solve every little math problem their kid had in their homework assignment, but that's not a wise thing. Um, it's it's good for the kid to take time and try to figure it out and learn it. And it becomes something that they, they then have some, you know, ownership over. This is uh, this is a good thing to not just rush in and to solve a problem, but to uh, live the question for a while, learn learn from mistakes and... And, and so this is, I think most parents know this by instinct. They don't always do it perfectly, but um, this is part of the, what what uh, good parenting is. So those are some of the reasons. We also know that, in a way, suffering has its place. Um, that is to say that um, we don't like this, but the, it does have a role in our life. Suffering teaches us to be uh, humble. It teaches us uh, to be more heavenly-minded. Uh, that reminds us that this world isn't the answer. And I could go on and on, but there's a there's a place for suffering. You know, we discover gifts we never knew we had, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, as we remember the events of 9/11, we can think, oh, my "Gosh!" But you know, I was uh, hearing a story about a little town up in in um, you know Nova Scotia where all these planes land, and 7,000 people oh, yeah. fill this little town, and they all rush to to help, and friendships set up that have gone on for years. And there was there was goodness there too. It wasn't just evil that day. So there's lots of things that God's up to that we can sort of get, but it's more hidden to us.
2: Yeah. Well, that comes out in a parable that you mention in your piece on patience over at the the blog is the the, the parable of of the the weeds, the wheat, weed and the tares.
13: Yeah, you know uh, there is the impatience of the field hands. say, let's go out and rip out the weeds, and uh, uh, and the, the owner of the field, in other words, God says, "No, no, careful! You might harm the wheat. Let them grow together to the harvest, and then we'll sort it out." Uh, so there's a there's a a, a time. A, there there is a judgment, but not yet, because right now it's still working out. And if, if are you a weed or are you a wheat? I, I'm not going to ask you to answer that, Annie. But I, I'm just going to say. <laughs> I'm not so sure I'm in just one category. Yeah. And uh maybe some stuff needs to happen. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it's 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 a it's an important thing to remember. People need time to repent. People need time to get their act together so to speak and uh yeah, it's uh it's part of God's
11: patience for us.
2: And I mean, I chief among them, Monsignor Pope. Uh it it's funny though how easily we can start comparing ourselves like we look over and god why aren't you weeding out that weed over there and i forget that when mm-hmm. i look at this parable of of the wheat and the tares that i might be rooted out at that same point if i if i want god to to pull up that weed right next to me
13: amen now <laughs> i couldn't have said it better myself
2: Well, thank you so much, Monsignor Charles Pope. You can find blog.adw.org, linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. You know, Matt, I was thinking recently about patience because Freddie Egan, who celebrates his fourth baptismal anniversary today on this feast of St. Vincent de Paul. um, Thank you. Uh, He marched himself right up to the very front pew and then proceeded to misbehave all through a daily mass that I took him to. Hmm. And I had to practice patience the whole time because I couldn't like, you know, be yelling at him when everybody was middle. looking at me.
1: That is just the best weeds and weed example I've heard so far.
2: I know, right? Do I you wait just...
1: until the end of the mass to really <laughs> settle the situation? <laughs> Or do you have your knockdown dragout with your toddler in the middle of it, pulling up the weed and uprooting all the wheat while you do it? Yep. Wow, Anna Mitchell. Powerful. Yeah. Another full hour coming up. It's three till. Arise,
0: it's a new day. Hear his word.
1: It is Wednesday, the 27th of September, the Feast of St. Vincent de Paul. Let's pray for his help today in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Tender God, refuge of the poor, you filled St. Vincent de Paul with the strength of the apostles to work for the salvation of the poor and the instruction of the clergy. May we who follow the example of his life be driven by unceasing charity to continue the mission of your Son in the world. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. St. Vincent de Paul. Pray for us. It is the Sunrise Morning Show on this feast of this great saint. There are St. Vincent de Paul councils scattered scattered all over our listening audience in the EWTN family of affiliates and apps and the like. Happy feast day to all of you, especially doing that unsung work in your communities and uh, those parish based outreaches. Up this hour, I'm Matt Swain. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Logman at the controls will talk. More about liturgy and charity on this Feast of St. Vincent de Paul with Father Philip Michael Tangora. Uh, Carlo Broussard is going to discuss intolerance and what do we even mean by that. He's been trying to unpack some of the loaded words that get tossed around in our culture and how to think about them in a better and clearer way. Michelle Sagarino will join us. She is with Cross Catholic Outreach. Also, Dr. Severio Perugini, who's a math and computer science professor at Ave Maria University, They've got a new online uh, offering called The Pursuit of Wisdom, and we're going to get into that this morning. So stay with us if you can. Right now, it's two minutes past the hour. News of service of Central Fabricators and centralfabricators.com. Here's Anna Mitchell.
2: Good morning. A short-term funding bill is advancing in the Senate in an attempt to avoid a government shutdown. The bipartisan bill will keep federal money flowing until Mid-November, to give Congress more time for a long-term package, the bill includes more than $4 billion in aid for Ukraine and roughly $6 billion in emergency FEMA funding for disaster relief. It is unclear currently whether the Republican-led House will also approve of the deal. A deal to fund the government must be passed by the end of the week to avoid a shutdown. Pope Francis has sent his prayers and condolences to all affected by a tragic fire in southeastern Benin. From Vatican Radio, Linda Bordoni reports.
7: Pope Francis says he is deeply saddened to learn of a tragic fire in southeastern Benin, which killed at least 35 people, including one child. In a telegram sent on his behalf by Cardinal Secretary of State Pietro Parolin, the Pope says he joins the families of the victims in mourning. In the message addressed to Bishop Aristide Gonzalo of Porto Novo, whose diocese includes the city of Semecraque, where the tragedy happened on the 23rd of September, the Pope says he's praying for the rest of the deceased, entrusting them to God's mercy and for the recovery of the injured. The Holy Father also expressed his support for those accompanying the victims of this tragedy and prayed to Our Lady to bring strength and consolation to all those affected. And he invoked divine blessings on each person and on the entire nation as a sign of comfort. The fire broke out at a shop where witnesses said gasoline was being unloaded. The chief prosecutor said the fire burned down the store and according to an initial assessment, resulted in 35 deaths. He added that an investigation has been opened to determine the cause. I'm Linda Bordoni.
2: The Hollywood writers' strike is over. The Writers Guild of America says the 148-day strike ended at midnight after the union agreed to a new three-year deal with the major Hollywood studios. The deal will increase minimum pay for writers, raise contributions to health care and pensions, and give bonuses for residuals based on streaming views. The deal also guarantees that AI-generated content will not be considered source material. The United Auto Workers strike continues. The UAW president, Sean Fein, says the union is not letting up on its demands. He spoke to MSNBC yesterday, the same day that President Biden stood alongside UAW members on the picket line in Michigan. Fain noted he is thankful for Biden's support, but that the real focus remains on the workers. Former President Donald Trump will visit the state tomorrow to show his support for union members as well. UAW members have said they welcome the support, but stress neither he nor Biden will be at the bargaining table. Fewer Americans are feeling good about the economy for a second straight month. Mark Mayfield reports.
8: The conference board's Consumer Confidence Index fell five points in September from its upwardly revised August reading. The board's chief economist said many Americans are worried about rising prices, particularly for gas and groceries. The survey also noted a rise in recession fears and fewer consumers planning to buy homes in the next six months. I'm Mark Mayfield.
2: Republican presidential candidates are set to face off on the debate stage in California. Seven hopefuls will be participating in this second GOP debate. The RNC announced Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and former Vice President Mike Pence will be returning, along with North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley, entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy and South Carolina Senator Tim Scott will all be on the debate stage. Former President Trump is skipping the debate. Former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson did not make the cut. And Adam Wainwright is confirming that he has thrown his final Major League Baseball pitch. The St. Louis Cardinals right-hander said yesterday that his start against the Milwaukee Brewers last week was the final one of his career. The 42-year-old earned his 200th career win after striking out three batters over seven scoreless innings. Wainwright shared that he is at peace with retiring and does not have any regrets about the way his career Ended. The three time All Star played all 18 years of his career with the Cardinals and helped the team win a World Series back in 2006.
1: Well, that's a bummer because the Reds and the Cardinals are finishing out the season against one another in the regular season mm-hmm. after the send off that Joey Votto and the Reds mm-hmm. got uh, at home on Potential Sunday. It would have been great.
2: send-off.
1: Potential well,
2: send off.
1: They send him off for the regular season for home regular season games. But it would have been great to see Votto on Wainwright like one last time. I know, I agree. It would have been great. I agree. By the way, I don't want to telegraph it too much because we're going to get into it later in the week, but when that series hits, uh, we have a, a friendly wager getting ready to go, not with Adam Wainwright, but with Adam Wright, host of the Covenant Network's Roadmap to Heaven show. Yes. And uh, we're going to make a bet. Baseball regular season almost over. Our Reds are playing the Covenant Network's Cardinals. We gotta. There needs to be something, something at stake here.
2: Oh, and there is.
1: And there is, and we'll tell you about it, when the series starts on Friday.
2: Hey, Paul, are we still Mets fans today, as Red? We are Mets
1: fans. That I'm oh, a Mets fan thank today. Oh, thank
2: God. We thank need you to destroy God. the Marlins on our behalf. Please destroy the Marlins, Father.
1: We will. We will do our best. Okay. Or at least probably our worst.
14: But How yes.
2: Did? we do our
1: best. <laughs> You know those Mets at the end of a meaningless season—they just—they really come through. I would love to see the Mets at least have a purposeful season one of these days. And on a good note, beat the Marlins for us.
2: Do it for us. Yes, exactly. Do it for us. We will. will. (laughs) Father Uh, Philip Michael Tangora joining us now on the Sunrise Morning Show. He's a pastor, a canon lawyer, and author of Holiness and Living the Sacramental Life. Father, it's good to have you back.
14: And a hopeful Mets fan. Yes. There's always hope for next season.
2: And a Mets fan, there's always <laughs> yeah. next year. We're going to sure, be talking about right. a. We're going to be talking about a different virtue today. <clears throat> we're talking about charity today in honor of the feast of Saint Vincent de Paul, whom we celebrate on September 27th. You know, Father, when I think of charity as a Catholic, I think about it as the greatest of the theological virtues. Um, From the Mm -hmm. secular perspective, I imagine a person would think about charities, like services for those in need. And I guess to start off the conversation, it's really no wonder that charities would be named after charity.
14: Exactly. So they both come from the Latin origin word caritas, which means love. So if you're going to show love, uh, obviously it's the theological virtue because it describes the the relationship that we have between God and neighbor. So the fulfillment of the great commandment and the the second one after that is obviously love your neighbor as yourself. Right. And then uh, in that exploration of the second uh, element of the loving of one's neighbor, uh, obviously that's where we show uh, our regard, our care, another word coming from Caritas for those who are in need, especially the, who are in need so that was in the early church obviously widows orphans uh those who are the sick those who are suffering in any kind of way obviously the the way we try to use that word now is also disenfranchised so those who have lack of legal protections of societal stop gaps to help protect them uh from uh, a life of discouragement and despair and uh destitution so one of the things that we see is the eucharist is referred to by saint thomas aquinas as the sacrament of love because it is the highest sacrament since it is jesus christ himself
2: well yeah and there is no greater love than this than to lay down one's life for one's friends
14: absolutely and so actually in uh, one of the social encyclicals of Pope John Paul II, Solicitudo Re socialis in paragraph 48, he talks about the fact that there is no greater love and that this sacrament uh, urges us to show love, to uh, go out and to provide for the care and not the evan- not just the evangelization, but also the uh, needs, of our brothers and sisters in Christ in the one human family. So we are meant to commit ourselves ever more generously following that example of Christ who in this sacrament lays down his life for his friends uh, and to make our personal commitment that like Christ in union with it will not be in vain, but certainly fruitful. So we're meant to bear fruit from the Eucharist. The Eucharist mm-hmm. nourishes mind, heart, body, and soul. And so we're called to go out and with that nourishment, provide nourishment for those brothers and sisters who have yet to receive uh, that full uh, gift from Jesus Christ and who are in any way suffering uh, or challenged.
2: So where do we receive the Eucharist most often in the context of of the Mass, of, of the liturgy? So knowing that, Father, can you talk about the connection between our charity in terms of our service to one another, our love to those in need and the liturgy.
14: Yeah, well, this is this is a big part in um, a, another document of John Paul, an apostolic letter called Dies Domine, uh, where he talks about the need for people to uh, really take into consideration ending parts of the Mass. So the final blessing and dismissal especially are those moments where that as I refer to it in my own book Holiness and Living the Sacramental Life, that is the, the Pentecost moment of the Mass because you're receiving this blessing to now go forth and having been nourished by the Eucharist and now receiving the Holy Spirit to go forth And proclaim the gospel with your life and to give witness to Jesus Christ, to to bear witness and bear fruit of everything that you've experienced during the Mass, which is the entire life of Christ, by the way. And now go forth and bring that experience to others. I mean, one of the biggest problems with the church today is that lack of sense of encounter control of the encounter with Jesus Christ and having that experience. Well, if you've done that at mass, then, which is what the liturgy of the mass is supposed to be doing, then when you receive that final blessing and that dismissal, which is a commission, it's saying, go, go forth, proclaiming the gospel with your life, go forth. The, the mass has ended, but you are now being sent you are being sent with the power of the Holy Spirit and the nourishment of the Eucharist to uh, bring uh, that love mm. to our brothers and sisters.
2: Well, I think about various charities that that take on the name Catholic, and it seems more nominal. Like you know, you you put kind of a Catholic veneer over what is basically a humanitarian agency. And I, I think about St. Vincent de Paul, and there's this famous quote that I'm going to botch, but he basically is talking about like, it's okay to stop praying to go serve someone else. He says, it's, it's okay to leave God before you go to serve God or, or something along those lines. But that quote implies that you're with God beforehand. And so it seems to me that our service must flow the liturgy
14: absolutely it's not uh what john um what Saint vincent de paul was talking about was the fact that uh if you are say praying the divine office not praying mass you can't just get up during sure well of course all right but if you're praying the divine office or you're praying the rosary and someone comes up to you and they're like i'm sick i'm hungry Uh, you know this kind of thing your prayer is now the act of service Mm. it's not a sub it's it's a substitution for what you were doing it's not a it's not saying don't pray it's saying your prayer is now this action of service and that's one of the things that we have to always look at it you know in the different forms of prayer there's uh, vocal prayer, what's called oratio. There's mental prayer, meditatio, and then there's contemplative prayer, contemplatio. Right, but all of this prayer is meant to then lead us to axio, action.
2: Yeah.
14: You know, it, 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 it's not meant to die just with us. It's meant to be bring forth fruit. If we are, if Jesus is the vine and we are the branches, and we're receiving our nourishment from the vine as the branches then the branches need to bear fruit through Christian action.
2: Good stuff. We've been talking to Father Philip Michael Tangora. Go pick up a copy of his book, Holiness and Living the Sacramental Life, which is linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Father, thank you.
14: God bless everybody.
2: You too, Father. Thanks. All right, it's 17 past. We're back with headlines right after this.
12: Central Fabricators is proud to support the Sunrise Morning Show where you'll get news from the Catholic perspective while keeping you up to date on what's happening in the Vatican as well. It's also a great way to keep in touch with the Catholic faith throughout the week. Central Fabricators, based in Cincinnati, Ohio, is a family-owned business for over 75 years, manufacturing and repairing corrosion-resistant storage tanks, reactors, and pressure vessels. On the web at centralfabricators.com. That's centralfabricators.com.
5: The new feature film *Mother Teresa and Me*, sponsored by Fathom Events, is in theaters Thursday, October fifth. *Mother Teresa and Me* weaves together the stories of two women: Mother Teresa, who served the poor with love amidst her dark night of the soul, and Kavita, a young woman who is searching for love while struggling with her unexpected pregnancy. *Mother Teresa and Me* in theaters Thursday, October fifth. More information at. Fathomevents.com. That's
2: Fathomevents.com.
1: It's back to school time and back to a busier morning routine. If you're going to need some help to get going, get yourself a few bags of Mystic Monk coffee.
2: And when you go to the Mystic Monk site through the link you find at sunrisemorningshow.com, you'll give us a boost with a commission on your purchase.
1: While you're at our site, pick up a Sunrise Morning Show mug or travel mug and perhaps a water bottle for your student. All available in our online store.
2: Find our store and link to Mystic Monk coffee at sonrisemorningshow.com.
8: Hey, this is Michael O'Neill, the Miracle Hunter, I'll be delving into the fascinating world of miracles and taking you on a hunt that explores the greatest mysteries and marvels of the Catholic Church. I'll be examining what constitutes a miracle, how miracles are investigated and approved, and the role they play in the lives of the faithful. We'll look at the miracles of the Gospels in early Christianity, considering the claims of the miraculous in our own
15: modern age. The Miracle Hunter, Saturday at 1 p.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio.
1: 19 passed. Here's Anna with headlines.
2: A short-term funding bill is advancing in the Senate to potentially avoid a government shutdown. Pope Francis has sent his prayers and condolences to all affected by a tragic fire in southeastern Benin, and an imprisoned Nicaraguan bishop has been nominated for a European Parliament Human Rights Award. Wow
1: news at the top and bottom of each hour every weekday morning here on Sunrise Morning Show today. As you were talking we'll continue to talk through the hour. Uh, it's the Feast of St. Vincent de Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, happy Feast Day to all the wonderful groups at the parish level who are helping things out. This would be a great way to celebrate, right? Is to go make a donation to the Society of St. Vincent de Paul. Go shop at the thrift store. Go, go do anything you can. shop at the thrift store. Yeah. All that stuff. Exactly. You know, we're going to talk a lot more. We, you were just talking with Father Tangora about Vincent's life of heroic charity and the impact it's had through the centuries. There's a lot of other stuff that we don't talk about in Vincent de Paul's life just because there's not usually time. And like the including fact the
2: that fact he was, like, kidnapped?
1: He was kidnapped by pirates at one point <laughs> for a couple of years.
2: Oh, so, uh,
1: rather exciting story, the story of St. Vincent de Paul. Yeah. By the way, Anna Mitchell, I don't know if you know this, he is actually not the only French saint who has a connection with pirates. St. John Vianney. Mm-hmm. has a connection as well. The Curie of ours. G- and back to a busier morning routine. If you're gonna need some help to get going, get yourself a few bags of mystic monk coffee.
2: And when you go to the mystic monk site through the link you find at sunrisemorningshow.com, you'll give us a boost with a commission on your purchase.
1: While you're at our site, pick up a Sunrise Morning Show mug or travel mug and perhaps a water bottle for your student. All available in our online store.
2: Find our store and link to Mystic Monk Coffee at sonrisemorningshow.com. This past year has been a
5: crazy roller coaster ride, but you have the power to get your business back on track by underwriting the Sunrise Morning Show. Weekday mornings, your message will reach millions of engaged Catholic listeners across the U.S. and around the globe who want to know more about and support. Catholic businesses and organizations to get national exposure for your business, ministry, or nonprofit on the Sunrise Morning Show. Email me Leah at SacredHeartRadio.com. That's Leah at SacredHeartRadio.com.
15: A meditation and reflection of St. John Vianney: The Christian's treasure is not on earth, but in heaven. Our thoughts then ought to be directed to where our treasure is. This is the glorious duty of man: to pray and to love. Prayer is nothing else but union with God. In this intimate union, God and the soul are fused together like two bits of wax that no one can ever pull apart. Prayer never leaves us without sweetness. It is honey that flows into the soul and makes all things sweet. When we pray properly, sorrows disappear like snow before the sun. How often we come to church with no idea of what to do or what to ask for. And yet, whenever we go to any human being, we know well enough why we go. I often think that when we come to adore the Lord, we would receive everything we ask for if we would ask with living faith and with a pure heart. For Sacred Heart Radio, this is Father Mark Watkins.
2: It's 23 minutes past the hour. You're listening to the Sunrise Morning Show on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Carlo Broussard back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show. He's an apologist with Catholic Answers. You can listen to his Sunday Word podcast at Mr. Sunday Word. Or sorry, Miss, Mr. Sunday Word. Really? com. And you can invite him to speak. He'd love to speak at your parish. Catholic Answers Speakers dot com is where you can do that carlo good morning good morning anna it's good to have you back and we're going to be talking about the next section in your book on moral relativism um specifically the idea of intolerance but before we get to that there's a special section in your book devoted to a, a a refutation of total relativism can you just quickly let us know what that's all about
4: yeah, so total relativism is the most radical form of relativism, which states there's no absolute truth. In the first section of the book, I identified three modern moral imperatives that seem to fit that idea of total relativism, the white supremacy charge, the um, contemporary gender ideology, that thou shalt not say he or she, and thou shalt not impose. Uh, total, And I have a section where I refute it in a philosophical way But it sort of requires a sitting down with the book and reading through it slowly, uh, but requires some philosophical thinking to work through it. Uh, So we're going to skip over it today, but I would like to punt uh, to the listeners there when they get a hold of the book to read the chapter, because it's got some great stuff there and how to refute total relativism and go a little deeper. So normally on the surface, Anna, we just say, well the statement, there is no truth, well, you're making a truth claim, right? So you're basically saying it's true that there's no truth, or it's absolutely true that there's no absolute truth, which is a contradiction. But there's more to it than that. And we can go deeper, which I do in that section in the book.
2: Cool, cool. So yeah, encourage folks to go to shop.catholic.com and pick up a copy of The New Relativism. Now, we are going to move into your section of the book on moral relativism. What is that?
4: Yeah, that's basically saying there's no absolute truth when it comes to morality, mm. which is a, a sort of a localized or partial form of relativism because it – within moral relativism, you can acknowledge that there's some objective truth, absolute truth, truth independent of what you think or I think when it comes to math and science, say. Sure. But when it comes to morality, right or wrong human behavior, good or bad human behavior, that's when truth is relative. And so there are certain moral imperatives within our woke culture that I saw as fitting within this category of moral relativism.
2: Yes, and that brings us to the rather loaded and ever-present accusation of you are being intolerant. Um, Yes. Tell us about this.
4: Yeah, so this, of course, most often comes up. Whenever we're talking about lifestyle choices associated with the LGBTQ plus community, there's tons, exa- tons of examples in the culture. I'm sure your listeners have experienced the charge themselves in their own lives. I used the example in 2019 when uh, backup goaltender Ashlyn Harris from the U.S. National Women's Soccer Team blasted her teammate Jalen Hinkle as a, a devout Christian as being intolerant and homophobic. What did she? What did Hinkle do to merit that charge? Well, it's what she didn't do. Back in 2017, she refused to wear the LGBTQ pride team jersey mm. for a, 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 a soccer game, and she chose to opt out. And so because she was expressing her disapproval of the lifestyle choice of same-sex sexual activity and so-called same-sex marriage, as a Christian, she was labeled intolerant. And so there you have an example in the culture. But the question becomes, uh, what, is, what do they mean by tolerance? And mm-hmm. this is where I begin to unpack that meaning. And what they basically mean, Anna, is that we must accept and celebrate everyone's life choices as equal and valid. And what I call this in the book is egalitarian tolerance. Oh, yeah. All lifestyle choices are equal and valid. And even the 1995 United Nations Declaration of Principles of Tolerance define tolerance as involving the rejection of dogmatism and absolutism. So notice there the explicit form of moral relativism, that there can be no absolute truth, and in this case when it comes to morality. Check out the National Lambda Chi Alpha Fraternity's definition of tolerance. You ready for this one? Here it goes. Oh, I can't wait. The definition of the new tolerance is that everyone's individual's beliefs lifestyle and perception of truth claims are equal. There is no hierarchy of truth. Your beliefs and my beliefs are equal. So notice the egalitarian view of beliefs and lifestyle choices. They're all equal and valid. But here's the key for relativism, Anna. If they're all equal and valid when it comes to lifestyle choices, then that means no lifestyle choice can be morally superior or inferior to another. And that's just the essence of moral relativism. So moral relativism is not dead, contrary to what many have said, given our moral shame culture. Moral relativism is just masked behind this moral imperative of thou shalt not be intolerant. Mm.
2: Well, we're about to run out of time here, but can you uh, just quickly uh, tell us what Pope John Paul II had to say about this?
4: Yeah, he identified um, this more relativism talking about a legitimate plurality of positions as yielded to an undifferentiated pluralism based upon the assumption that all positions are equally valid, which is one of today's most widespread symptoms of the lack of confidence in truth, and that's back in 1998 in his encyclical Fides et Ratio. So he was picking up on it already, and we see it in our everyday experience today. In
2: 1998. He had his finger on the pulse already. Well, you can read more about it, and we will continue talking about it next time with Carlo Broussard. Go pick up a copy of The New Relativism from Catholic Answers Press and linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Carlo, thank you.
4: Thank you, Anna. Have a great day. You too. Thank you.
2: Half past the hour now on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's time for news. A short-term funding bill is advancing in the Senate to potentially avoid a government shutdown. The bipartisan bill will keep federal money flowing until mid-November to give Congress more time for a long-term package. The bill includes more than $4 billion in aid to Ukraine and roughly $6 billion in emergency FEMA funding for disaster relief. It's unclear if the Republican-led House will approve the deal. A deal to fund the government should be passed by the end of the week in order to avoid a shutdown. The Holy See has released the name of the Pope's next apostolic exhortation on the environment. From Vatican Radio, Deborah Castellano-Luboff reports.
6: La Deum. This will be the name of Pope Francis's next apostolic exhortation on the environment Pope Francis has revealed. The Holy Father recently shared this on the 21st of September when addressing in the Vatican some 200 participants in the meeting of the rectors of public and private universities of Latin America and the Caribbean. The meeting took place on September 20th and the 21st at the Augustinianum on the theme, organizing hope with the participation of some prefects and secretaries of dicasteries of the holy see During the occasion, the Pope reflected on various issues raised by the educators, including climate change, migration, and the culture of waste. The Holy Father urged them to be creative in the formation of young people. The rectors asked the Pope questions on environmental and climate issues, to which he responded by emphasizing the deplorable throwaway culture or culture of abandonment. He explained that it is a culture of misuse of natural resources, which does not accompany nature to full development. This culture of abandonment, he said, harms us all. The Holy Father called for alternatives to help overcome the environmental crisis and cited as an example the use of solar panels to provide electricity to the Vatican's Paul VI Hall and other areas of the Vatican. In his reflection, the Pope announced the name of his next apostolic exhortation, Laudate Deum, which will be published on the feast day of St. Francis of Assisi on October 4th. He said this will be a look on what has happened and what needs to be done. The Holy Father also denounced the process of degradation that humanity is undergoing. There is a process of environmental degradation, and this trickles down, he suggested. The Pope also told them to remember migrants
2: and also their great responsibility as educators. I'm Deborah Castellano-Lubov. An imprisoned Nicaraguan bishop has been nominated for a European Parliament Human Rights Award. The Catholic News Agency reports Bishop Orlando Alvarez has been nominated alongside a Nicaraguan human rights activist. Bishop Alvarez of Matagalpa, an outspoken critic of the Daniel Ortega regime, has been in prison, falsely accused by the regime of being a quote, traitor to the homeland. The Mexican government has begun negotiating with countries in Central and South America to try to stop people from trying to reach the US border. They will start taking into custody those that are expelled at the international bridge connecting El Paso and Juarez. The the Mexican government is also vowing to work with the nation's biggest railroad to deter people from hopping on trains. The United Auto Workers strike continues. UAW President Sean Fein says the union will not let up on its demands. He spoke to MSNBC yesterday on the same day that President Biden stood alongside UAW members On the picket line in Michigan, Fain noted he was thankful for Biden's support, but that the real focus remains the workers. Former President Donald Trump will visit the state tomorrow to show support for the union members as well. UAW members have said they welcome the support, but stress that neither he nor Biden will be at the bargaining table. The Writers Guild of America strike is over. Mark Mayfield has more.
8: After 148 days, the board of the WGA West and the Council of the WGA East voted unanimously to lift the strike, effective at 12.01 Pacific Time Wednesday. The decision came just days after the writers and film studios successfully finished conversations for a new three-year contract. The agreement will increase minimums, raise contributions to health care and pensions, and give bonuses for residuals based on streaming views. AI-generated content, a big issue when the strike started, will not be considered source material. I'm Mark Mayfield.
2: Republican presidential candidates are set to face off on the debate stage in California. Seven hopefuls will be participating in the GOP debate. That's the news on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's 35 past.
1: you start your day a better way by listening to the Sunrise Morning Show, soon you'll be able to watch as well.
2: That's right. Starting September 25th, you'll be able to watch the Sunrise video stream on social media and at sunrisemorningshow.com.
1: You'll also be able to see the faces of the regular Sunrise Morning Show family, plus you'll get to see what my hair looks like first thing in the morning.
2: And whether I ever crack a smile at Matt's terrible jokes.
1: Spoiler alert, she does. Sunrise goes to video September
2: 25th. Tune in at sunrisemorningshow.com.
1: The kids got new supplies for back to school, so what do the parents get? Well, we suggest treating yourself to some good coffee, and the Mystic Monks of Wyoming have a number of blends to choose from.
2: And when you link to the Mystic Monk Coffee site through our site, son we earn a commission on whatever you buy.
1: You can also treat yourself to a Sunrise Morning Show mug or travel mug and a water bottle for your kids in our online store.
2: Check out our store and link to Mystic Monk Coffee at sunrisemorningshow.com. The
16: Baltimore Catechism asks, Why do we receive the gift of fear from the Lord? We receive the gift of fear of the Lord to fill us with a dread of sin and also a great respect for Him. On account of God's goodness, we should recognize how evil sin is We wander through this world so blind to the terrors of sin and its ravages upon the soul. Rather sin seems attractive to us. And in order to help us to see things aright, the Holy Spirit comes and gives us this fear. It's not one that is servile, not one lowly, not in which we shake in our boots and wonder if God is going to send a lightning bolt upon us. Rather it's that fear that I might sin and if I sin I will offend the one I love so much. Come, Holy Spirit, fill my heart with the gift of fear, that I might fear wounding the one who loves me and whom I am called to love. Reflecting on the Baltimore Catechism, I'm Dominican Father Ezra Sullivan.
1: The Sunrise Morning Show continues. Thank you for joining us on this Feast of St. Vincent de Paul, who is one of the greatest models in the church of what it means to have faith and works to be involved in a life of prayer and also a life of tangible charity to others, which makes for a great occasion to talk to uh, our next guest. Michelle Sagarino is president of Cross Catholic Outreach. You know them for many things that we talk to throughout the year, but this time of year they become rather well-known, increasingly well-known for the Box of Joy project. Michelle, welcome back.
17: Well, thank you, Matt. It's great to be with you this morning. We're coming near Christmas, aren't we? I, you <laughs> know, the box of joy.
1: if I didn't hear it from you, I'd be hearing it from every store I walk into. <laughs> so, uh, th- you know, the reason that we're you know talking about this now here in September is not because we're trying to skip over seasons or anything, but because, I mean, you've got some planning to do if you're going to be distributing thousands upon thousands of these things and get them there on time, right?
17: We definitely do. This is our kickoff season for the Box of Joy, which is a Christmas box program that goes out to children around the world that often never receive a Christmas gift. So in the last, let's see, 10 years, over a half a million gifts have been distributed around the world. And so we're kicking it off and asking groups to to sign up in September and October to participate in this um, initiative.
1: Well, this is a great way to involve kids who are the same age as the kids getting the gifts in these projects, and that's what you really kind of focus on, right?
17: It definitely is, Matt. We are able to, uh, each family is able to provide gifts to children, boy or girl, from 2 to 4, or 5 to 9, or 10 to 14 and engage their families and their parishes and their schools in a faith initiative, and, uh, hands and feet you know, of Jesus, working to fill these gifts up uh, with toys and school supplies and clothing and um, be able to send them to children who would never, ever be able to receive a gift. And we make that so, so easy, so easy for everyone to do. Um, As a matter of fact, we already have over 1,000 groups signed up, and our goal is 1,500.
7: So you can
17: go online to Box of Joy and register your group. It's very easy. You can become a project leader, and we will send you the kit of all the boxes. They're beautiful. The box to put the boxes in and all the material to explain to your group how to go shopping, fill their box, and where to drop their box off in November for pickup.
1: Well, I don't know if you know this, but a lot of people listening right now are either taking their kids to a Catholic school that is not yet involved in Box of Joy, or maybe they just teach like 6th grade religious ed at their parish and don't have a project lined up yet uh, for their angel giving, whatever it is that they want to do, their their outreach. Uh, there are a lot of people out there who could probably help you hit that number of 1,500 this year, and that sounds like a big number, but it's a number that's been growing because I feel like every year, and we've been talking to you almost since the beginning, it feels like you with have, Box of you Joy, have. every year the numbers are just bigger, and, and I don't know, I get excited to hear what it's going to be the next year uh, based on the numbers that we started talking to you about.
17: A very, very exciting. We started off with two dioceses when we began this program 10 years ago. And I'd say two years ago, we were about 115,000 children were blessed. Last year, 100 and, and uh, this year, our goal is 151,000. So we've been able to expand into different countries, Dominican Republic, Guatemala. Last year, we went into Malawi. And um, these are areas and partners that we already work with. I know you've you've had us on to share about other initiatives like helping with water, our housing, or um, microfinance. These partners are already long-term partners of ours, and now they're able to bless these children during the holidays to have a gift. And not only is it a material gift of uh, you know the toys and the excitement and the fun, but each box, when it comes to our national screening center in Miami, we put a rosary and a story of Jesus, and then when they're distributed to the children, the missionaries that provide the boxes to the children will share about the love of Christ, and that this is coming from that love, from the United States with that love.
1: Well, it's so cool to be able to talk to you about this on the Feast of St. Vincent de Paul, uh, because he modeled so much of this in his own work, and so many people have modeled Uh, this idea throughout the ages. I think just up the road for me is the Shrine of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, who looked to St. Vincent de Paul and was like, okay, what would I look if I did this in a school system, (laughs) right? Uh, And the cool thing about that model is that it understands the idea of these two big, I mean big-ticket Catholic social teaching principles, solidarity and subsidiarity. Solidarity means that we have kind of a responsibility to our brothers and sisters in need. But subsidiarity means that we empower the people who are already there to take care of it. And that's kind of what you do, right? I mean, you are not just coming in, (laughs) dropping off a truck full of stuff, and then flying back to Miami. I mean, you're empowering the people who are already there, right?
17: Oh, I love that. I love that. Yes, most definitely. Over 10 years, we've been able to give $4 billion worth of aid in 90 countries. Our mission is to mobilize the global Catholic Church, to transform the poor and their communities materially and socially and spiritually for the glory of Jesus Christ. And how we do that is through subsidiarity. It's coming alongside the partners that are already in-country, the diocese, the bishops, the priests, the nuns, to be able to empowered them with what they need to do what God has called them to do. So it's the perfect model. It's, it's really unifying the Church, and all of us are a piece of it.
1: Well, there are some people getting excited just hearing you talk this way and want to figure out how to go get a Box of Joy start, started right now. So uh, if you could, throw that uh, information out so that anybody could either individually or start a group um, to get this going where they are.
17: Most definitely. You can go to um, boxofjoy.org, and right below the header, it's going to tell you every step to do. You can register your group, how to shop, what to shop for, where to drop off your boxes. And if you do not have enough time, some of us are so, so busy, you can even do Box of Joy online. Um, Sign up for that, and we will pack the boxes for you. So there's many ways you can get involved all the resources are there, and a list of uh, most asked questions. What should I put in my box? When is the deadline? Our deadline is October 27th for groups to sign up. So you can find out all at boxofjoy.org.
1: There are people going to be spending more at dinner tonight than it would take for them to fill one of these, <laughs> you know, and send it out. It's such a cool project, and it's. Uh, such an opportunity to be hands-on. I mean, one of my favorite things uh, that I've done over the years when I've participated is just going through the store and thinking, you know, asking my own son, like, what would you want, right? Like, and and having him think in that way is just such a cool thing because, uh, you know, this is going to somebody who's his age somewhere else, and that puts his own uh, charity into it. it. It doesn't just help somebody else, it forms him. So, Thank you so much, Michelle Sagarino, for everything you've been doing with Box of Joy. It's so exciting to see it grow. And we've got it linked. Boxofjoy.org, pardon me, at sunrise morningshow.com. I encourage everybody involved with parishes and schools and even individual families, maybe even your homeschool, co-op, whatever group you got, get involved. Have a great day, Michelle.
17: Thank you, Matt. You you as well. God bless you.
1: All right. Up next, we got more. I got all kinds of fun names to pronounce today. I got to talk about talk to michelle sagarino next i get dr severio Perigini talking about a new course on wisdom at ave maria stay with us it's a quarter
8: till support is from solidarity health Share.
6: do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything even things that violate your beliefs have you ever felt there has to be a better way but didn't know you had any options if you answered yes i've got some good news for you there is a better way and a more affordable way Solidarity HealthShare can save you hundreds of dollars each month while actually supporting your beliefs. Because the best news is that Solidarity HealthShare costs a whole lot less than insurance. It's time to jump in and put your money where your faith is and put some money back into your wallet at the same time.
0: Join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based healthcare sharing community. Prices start as low as $384 a month for families call to see how much you can save 844-334-3245 that's 844-334-3245 solidarity health share 844-334-3245
1: the kids got new supplies for back to school so what do the parents get well we suggest treating yourself to some good coffee and the mystic monks of wyoming have a number of blends to choose from
2: And when you link to the Mystic Monk Coffee site through our site, SONRISEMORNINGSHOW.COM, we earn a commission on whatever you buy.
1: You can also treat yourself to a Sunrise Morning Show mug or travel mug and a water bottle for your kid in our online
2: store. Check out our store and link to Mystic Monk Coffee at SUNRISEMORNINGSHOW.COM.
8: Hi, this is Deacon Dennis Lambert from the Diocese of Phoenix. When we listen to Catholic Radio, we receive encouragement, strength, and most importantly, we receive the truth. Simply put, we need Catholic Radio because we are and we become that which we surround ourselves with. So I encourage you to tune in, inspire up, and to wrap yourselves in the warm arms of faith, life, and love.
0: The world needs EWTN Catholic Radio, now more than ever.
8: This is Dr. David Anders. Does the problem of evil keep you from believing in God? Join us for Called to Communion this afternoon at 2 p.m. Eastern. Now back to the Sunrise Morning Show.
1: The Sunrise Morning Show continues on this feast of St. Vincent de Paul. Pray for us. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Dr. Severio Perigini, math and computer science professor at Ave Maria uh, university, almost said Ave Maria Radio. Well, there's a free shout out for our Michigan listeners, but a uh, professor at Ave Maria University, and he's part of a new project called The Pursuit of Wisdom there. Doc, good morning. Good morning. So I want to know what this Pursuit of Wisdom project is all about. Give us an overview.
18: Yeah, so thank you for having me. The Pursuit of Wisdom um, you, uh, your listeners can go to thepursuitofwisdom.org it's a um, I guess you would call it a short course video series so currently we have about 10 short courses in the series on topics like philosophy, literature, politics we have one on biology, I did one on computer science and um, each each short course is is um, uh, presented in a series of uh, um, uh, digestible uh, bite-sized nuggets. So my my particular uh, short course has 14 segments, each one's between, you know, five and 15 minutes. So the entire short course is, is uh, mine is about three hours. Uh, it's entirely free. All you have to do is go to thepursuitofwisdom.org, sign up, give your email address. You can watch all of them at your own pace uh, whenever you'd like. And we are going to be continuing to release additional short courses in this series. So there was a production company that came to campus uh, in May to to film the initial uh, 10. And they're coming back this fall to film more. They're coming back in the spring to film more. So we're going to continue to to release these. So at the end, we hope to have about 35 uh, or so of these short courses for the Catholic world to to, to get good Catholic uh, perspective on these important topics.
1: Well, I'm excited that you're the person I got to talk to about this because as I'm looking through I'm seeing some friends of the Sunrise show who are uh, you know, behind some of these courses, people like Joseph Pierce, of course, who's a regular weekly guest here and some others. Uh but I'm excited to talk to you because I think as Catholics we do a really good job uh of having a Catholic perspective on literature and philosophy and history and even, you know, biology and some things like that. Uh, we're a little bit weak on the STEM stuff <laughs> as a whole in terms of finding great resources to talk about these things from a Catholic perspective and having computer science from a Catholic perspective so important because a lot of people are doing computers and doing computer science with absolutely no reference uh, to Catholic anthropology. So, thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. Yeah, so. it's
18: it's it's okay. yeah, it's it's definitely uh I agree with everything you said there. Yeah, it's um one of my um one of my main goals here um at Murray University is to just sort of, you know, it's 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 faith and reason. It, you know, you, you can't have one without the other. Um so if you look at, you know, the world we're living in right now, particularly particularly in stem but, but 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 especially in computer science we have these these large tech companies who are um i mean they're 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 practicing the craft uh, entirely for utilitarian purposes and and oftentimes there are ethical questions that are are um, are that we have to explore so in order to and, and i think it's very important and most of the people that work in those fields, not all of course this is you know we don't want generalize, but they're often atheists right i mean they, they 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 it's it's science and reason to the exclusion of faith so it's very important uh particularly I, I look at when I look at my students here at ave Maria I look at the future of America, and if I fail them i, I fail i fail I fail our you know our our church i fail our our country and we have to it's very important to to for them to understand that you know Catholics can do good science as well i mean we if you, if you look at some of the greatest scientists in the history of the world, most of them were were Catholics
1: yeah and it's a, a a sort of perspective that the world is hungry for sometimes without even knowing it. I have a few friends uh you know here in the d c area who uh, are not Catholics and are um, you know are varying levels of agnostic or whatever, and they work in defense intelligence or you know various computer fields database whatever working with lots of ai and then you start to talk to them and they're like this is some scary stuff and you know i this is all moving very very fast and you know i don't know how good i feel about all these things that i'm doing it but oh well back to work <laughs> yeah right I mean? exactly and there's yeah. not there's i think people are hungry for this kind of reflection and just don't know where to start the conversation so this looks like uh it'd be a good place to do that be
18: a great place to do it. I mean, this, and I think, uh, as you characterize that as ideal. It's it's just a place to start the conversation, uh, uh, so the listeners can go to the pursuitofwisdom.org. Another thing that I would encourage listeners to do is um, they can go to um, my my, my uh, academic uh, my scholarly website, which is my first name Severio dot card c a r r d dot co, not com. Um, and maybe we can put this in the in the, in the show notes. And I have um, I have a couple podcasts that I've done about the ethical issues of AI, and they're, they range between 30 minutes and 60 minutes. I did one for Divine Mercy Radio, and I did one on uh, on uh, uh, the uh, the Drew Marini show on Relevant Radio. But you know, this is this is this is very important. I mean, back uh, many centuries ago, Blaise Pascal said there are two equally equally dangerous extremes: to shut reason out and to let nothing else in. So I think when we look at some of the STEM fields, it's it's sort of letting nothing else in. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would encourage uh, listeners to to at their own leisure to explore those courses that the, the there uh, of this, there's six that are released right now. There was I think there were 10 that were filmed of the six that are released. Four of them are in the humanities. Um, of course there's mine in computer science. And then there's one on uh, a colleague of mine, Dr. Sam Shepard did one on stewarding the environment. He's a biology professor. So I would, I would also encourage, you, um, listeners to, um, uh, investigate that that short course as well because know yeah, that's a that's a big uh, that's a big topic that you know the Pope has recently been been discussing and I think there, there's even going to be an yeah. encyclical released soon about that.
1: Well, and uh, this every I mean John Paul II was talking about Benedict XVI was talking about it and everybody completely misunderstands misunderstands that question because all they hear is whatever the argument is in America between two parties right and they don't <laughs> yeah, hear yeah, what the Church correct. has to say into the situation. You know you talk about that idea of. Uh, of faith and reason in pascal uh you know I, I always think of the chesterton quote where he says that the madman is not the person who has lost his reason the madman is the man who's lost everything except his reason <laughs> you know and mm-hmm. why are why are we you know having so many troubles with these technologies because we are approaching them only using reason and utility as our our worldview but you're going to get me off on a tangent if we if we go down that road that's uh Sounds like some good conversations over happening at The Pursuit of Wisdom. It's thepursuitofwisdom.org. It's linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. You can sign up for free, uh, which is awesome. Dr. Saverio Perugini, thank you so much for your time. I hope lots of our listeners come pay you a visit.
18: Thank you so much for having me. God bless.
1: And again, head over to sunrisemorningshow.com, and you can find all that stuff. Uh, He mentioned that... Joseph Pierce is there. Dr. Sam Shepard's there. Uh, there are a few others that you probably will recognize if you head to thepursuitofwisdom.org and check out the free courses. That wraps it up on a Wednesday for our EWT and family. More coming up for our local listeners. But until tomorrow, for most of you, may God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace.